Hello again. Hello again. So I wanted to go into this episode, um, kind of wrapping up last ep- last the last episode I did, um, which was on forgiveness being overrated, because I felt like I wanted this episode to be a little bit lighter. Not that that one was heavy. Um, it could have been heavier. Like I could have had I had a lot more that I wanted to expound on that subject with which I probably will do in a later episode but um I kind of wanted to do a different turn this episode uh because that one just got a little I wasn't I felt like I was very passionate right which I I am passionate um on that topic because I do feel like people are kind of like pushed in this society to accept abuse or accept violence against them and they should be forgiving of it so I did get a little bit passionate uh, on that topic but I wanted this episode to be uh, kind of in the opposite direction of that one right so forgive me I'm drinking tea this uh, episode sorry if I sound a little bit different because I'm not quite under the weather, right? I'm, I'm like in the kiddie pool of being under the weather. So um, I got my flu shot and I've been taking a lot of iron. So I'm, st- I'm steering away from getting cold, uh, getting a cold. So I'm drinking tea. So, you know, if you hear me take a breath away, that's what I'm doing. Uh, but anyway, I wanted this episode to be uh, just in a different direction. Like I said, that... Um, that was a topic I was very passionate about and yeah I felt like I expressed a lot I will express more later I got really positive feedback on that which is why I'm doing this and I'm very appreciative of that um quite a few people let me know that I addressed some things that they had experienced and I'm glad that I could do that I want this to be a platform where there's a different perspective, especially coming from a male, a black male. Um, And yeah, I just wanted to let those things be known Um, and, you know, add a different voice to the conversation because I feel like the conversation oftentimes is very one-dimensional and, you know, not really focused on the substance, but more on the nonsensical. But nonetheless, this is a new week. This is a new episode. Well, it's not a new week, actually. I think I just did that a few days ago. Because I I discovered that I'm not going to be able to do this weekly, right? Or I am, and I'm just going to have to write my, my thoughts down. Because the more comfortable I get with doing this, every time I have, like, a really serious thought now, I am feeling like I want to talk about it. And I guess that's what podcasters do, right? That's why you have so many people with like these just totally empty conversations and just talking to be talking to hear themselves talk. But that's not what I want to do. So I feel like I have a lot of substance to add to a few conversations. And I also want this to be a place where I can get comfortable with that because um, as I transition into my career um, as working as a therapist, uh, specifically in intimacy and relationships. I want this to be 
a platform or a space where I can also be comfortable with sharing things with you guys, my listeners, um, and getting reaction and feedback because I am a very, I won't say guarded person, but I'm a very private person. Um, I don't, I like to say I'm the most, um, oversharing, non-oversharer, like I'm not big on oversharing my business or, um, you know, vocalizing my experiences. Um, and I'm trying to get better at that because I feel like, and this is maybe speaking in hyperbole, but if I die tomorrow, I would like some recorded, um, recorded record of my true feelings on things. You know, like I feel like a post or saying things typed out doesn't really convey the emotion of how you really feel. And, you know, when I'm unable to uh, speak to my legacy or things, uh, impressions that I left on the world, I hope that this is like a little time capsule of that. And you can hear in my own words, in my own inflections, in my own thoughts, how I truly felt about certain um, conversations and things going on. So for this episode, as you can hear, I chose the LL Hey Lover for the, for this episode's back backtrack um, because, well, one. I first want to say, like, I'm guilty of this too, but I feel like we don't give LL enough flowers just for his, um, his approach to hip hop. You know, I feel like with hip hop being so misogynistic and so objectifying of women, LL has a very, like, endearing way of, of, how he speaks and the content of his music like I listened to that Mr. Smith album I I always listen to it but I listened to it like with intention this time and it was just like it just really reminded me of how like sensuous and you know like vulnerable LL is about his feelings of intimacy and you know his love interests are very centered in his music. They're not just objects. He's not just objectifying them sexually, but he talks about them in a very endearing way. Even when it's hypersexual, I don't feel like it's like, you know, like some of his peers, I'll say. So yeah, I first wanted to say that, but I thought this is one of my favorite LL songs, probably my favorite LL song, but I thought it would be a good backtrack. Um, just in speaking about former lovers and how I've gotten to the place of my positions on dating and relationships and love now, um, things that have made me cynical, uh, things that have made me, that have prepared me, um, and things that have, that I take with me going forward. And I hope to not replicate, but I hope to, um, be able to find in a future partner that, uh, you know, I once found in someone else, but maybe that situation wasn't meant for the participants. So 
um, yeah, this is part of me sharing my personal experiences with that and, you know, figuring out maybe this is me putting it out into the universe of like that energy coming back to me. I did a little clip like before I really started this podcast, I did like a little snippet and I was talking about, let me see if I can paraphrase. I like basically was talking about how I used to always talk about being a hopeless romantic and how now I've, I look back at that and I feel like it sounds really lame and really corny and really cheesy. And the reason I say that, because I didn't really elaborate on it in that clip, I kind of just like addressed it and I was just saying how, um, you know, I don't want dating to be a laborious task. I don't want it to be something I'm obligated to do that I feel stuck in. And what I really was saying was, you know, the idea of having a relationship just to have one or just to prove something to someone or because I'm a certain age, I should be in a committed relationship Um, or, you know, because there's so many relationships on Instagram, I I need to uh, hurry up and get someone. Otherwise, there must be something wrong with me. And I've really, you know, I feel like I've, I'm doing the work, but I've done a lot of the work to get away from that. Um, and it's not that I'm cynical about dating or I'm cynical about relationships, but I'm just very realistic, right? And in that, in being realistic, I look at the dating pool <laughs> and I look at the things I want in a partner, which then makes that dating pool a little bit smaller. Then I look at the the prospects of who can give me that, right? Which then makes the pool even smaller. And then I look at, you know, the potential outcomes, the likely outcomes of those situations, which then makes this pool even smaller. So the pool's not really that big right now. The pool's not that big to begin with, if we really want to be honest, right? Because when I'm on Instagram, and I, and this always lets me know, like, I'll find someone attractive, right? Or I'll I'll, kind of get into someone, and then I find they're following someone, or they're liking all someone's posts who I know personally, or, and it's just, it starts to feel like this big incestuous you know, thing that I just no longer want to be a part of. And in that, that is gay black maleness. Um, let's, let's, let's have honest conversation here, right? Um, and I say that because, you know, it's not like we're all somebody's leftovers, okay? Let's, we're all somebody's leftovers that's been warmed up, eaten off of, warmed up, eaten off of, a couple times over if we're if we, if we're being honest so that's not really the thing but it's it's more so um loyalty and commitment and i think that those are two like two of the biggest things to me is establishing a sense of commitment that has loyalty embedded in it and and you're not just looking for the next pretty face. You're not just looking for the next fat ass. You're not just looking for the next big dick. You're not just looking for, 
you know, a better situation. And I found in this community, I can use community without air quotes in this, uh, in this topic, as opposed to the last one, because I genuinely think there is community. Um, but, um, you know, community can kind of become incestuous at times. And when I say that, I mean that there's like this, this circle of everybody knowing everybody, or there's the circle of people that everybody silently knows, but nobody really speaks of, but, um, you know, the little bit of word of mouth that still exists beyond social media. And so, um, I feel like there's always that in male on male dating, there's always this feeling of like the person is looking for the next better situation. They're looking for their next come up. Isn't necessarily the, the right word, but they're just looking for their next situation, right? They're looking for their person with the next person with the better car, the better place to live, the better body, the better face, the better aesthetic. You know, they're always looking for better while maintaining a committed relationship. Um, now, I can say that queer black men do that better than straight black men uh, in the sense of like maintaining those two things. Now, I think straight black men do better at um, completely compartmentalizing those two different things. Right. And they can they can have this relationship that means something on one side and this other relationship that means something on the other side and completely be void of emotion between the two. Whereas I feel like uh, gay and queer black men have a sense of empathy, a sense of um, loyalty, a sense of commitment. And so it's, it's, while there's sloppiness, there's also, you know, not a complete fuck you like straight men can have and so I think that then which actually that kind of makes the the waters a little bit muddier right because there's actually you actually do have emotion invested in this situation even if you're not fully committed to it but I say all that to say that when I look back on situations that I've been in and men that I've had uh, I won't say I mean I could say relationships I use the term situationship because I feel like a relationship has you know there's one track that you're on in a relationship right and you guys are just like there's no real like turns in the road in terms of relationship Whereas a situationship, I feel like there are breakdowns, come-ups, right turns, left turns, U-turns, you know, potholes. There's a lot going on in that road. Um, Whereas in a relationship, which which goes back to my original point about a relationship not being a labor. Because I feel like the transition from situationship to relationship is when you iron those things out. And by the time I get to the relationship, 
I feel like the situationship should have been the point where we fought, we argued, we were conflicted, we had issues, we, you know, I don't want to say inflicted violence on each other because I don't think that's a part of a relationship, but we hurt each other's feelings, I'll say that, or we got the disrespectful things out the way. So by the time we get to the relationship, yeah, we're going to have conflict because we're human and humans have conflict, but the relationship shouldn't then get to the point of like, every day I'm debating, should I leave this shit? Should I, should I just be fucking done with it and just, you know, not be committed? I feel like I want to have figured that out in the time prior to the relationship So then once we're in, we're locked in. And I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily do that. Like, it's okay to be in that situationship for two years, right? And and take those two years to not only get to know that person of how they are, but possibly live with that person, um, understand their routine, understand their potential as a as a parent, as someone you share a child with, and really get to understand their likes, their dislikes, what they do that pisses you off that you but you could still tolerate, or things that they do that piss you off that if you are with this person for ten years, are you gonna wanna fucking strangle them in their sleep? Like, I think you should take two years of situationship and really invest into that and even dating other people at that same time like if you still want to rock with someone and you've you've been talking to like three other people but you like constantly center back to that person that's also a sign of like you know I got that out of my system during the situationship so once we get to the relationship I know that if I fuck this up well, that other, those other people aren't really going to compare to this, right? Whereas opposed to, there are people who get married after like two months of knowing someone, which you can't know someone in two months. It's it's impossible. You can't, you know, you, you just can't find out the truth about somebody in like two to six months. I, I think you need two years of establishing intimacy with a person, establishing um, a rapport with them. You know, that's something I'm really big on is establishing a rapport with someone, establishing our um, our similarities when it comes to humor, when it comes to um, politics, when it comes to just our way of viewing the world. Like, let's develop our rapport in that and develop uh, and understand the things that the commonalities we have, but also the differences we have and how the differences we have may not uh, measure up to what we have in common because it's okay for us to have differences. It's okay for us to have different views. It's okay for us to like different things. Like, you know, you may like fish and I may like chicken and we're conflicted on who's going to cook what, but one of us cooks the other, cooks one thing better than the other. So let's figure out how that, you know, fits into our equation of, you know, dinner selection from week to week. But yeah, I th- I'm I'm I feel like that like a good 2 years of establishing intimacy with someone is is good. 
Um, when I look back, you know, there are three there are three situations that I'll probably like touch on in this in this episode. But when I look back, there were times when are people that I was so eager to be in a relationship with that in hindsight the universe was telling me get to know this person better now that not to say that had I got to know that person better I wouldn't have liked them or I wouldn't have wanted to be with them but I feel like there was a time when I was like really eager to be committed to someone and I ultimately end up finding out that, you know, the, the commitment that I had in my mind or the idealized version of them, the, what, what I thought that they could be, was really a figment of my imagination. And that's okay. <laughs> like, it's okay to have a real ass conversation with yourself, right? Because... I, I don't feel like people do that enough. I think that sometimes you have to have a real ass conversation with yourself of like, this is what I want this person to be. This is who they are. And in the middle, there has to be a compromise of being realistic of can they get to that middle section of, of a of a of a halfway point of being the person that you idealize them to be and when I say that I mean that denial is a hell of a drug in a situationship and in denial we will lie to ourselves that a person can achieve a certain level of commitment or a certain level of partnership that they can't achieve And they've shown you on day one that they can't be that person. And as much as you may physically be attracted to them, as good as the sex may be with them, you have to be real with yourself that they can't, they just can't be that person that you want them to be. They can't be, they're not made for partnership. You know, that, that stems back to our upbringings and the differences in our upbringings and our our life experiences and that person may not even be choosing to not be ready for partnership but it's just how they operate and what they know and when I was saying denial is a hell of a drug I think that you know and one thing that I had really really bad when I look back in my 20s in particular and you know when I really like somebody is this idea that, well, I can just fix him. I can, you know, I can change the way he dresses. I can, I can change his outlook on things. I can, you know, I can mold this person into being what I want them to be, you know. And in a way, you begin to view that person as a combination between a child and a pet and like now that I have a dog I really put that in perspective because it's like you can't train a human being you know like you can train a dog you can you know from the moment you get a dog you kind of set those boundaries of who's the disciplinarian and who's the dog and 
if they defy you, then there are consequences for their defiance. But you can't treat a person like that. You know, you can't. And I find this with women in particular. They think that. Well, if a man doesn't do what I want him to do and I'm taking care of him, I'm clothing him, I'm housing him, I'm feeding him, I'm fucking him, the least he can do is be my child or be my dog and do what I tell him to do without defiance. And that's just not realistic. You know, you can't, as much as you may want to think that you can mold a man, you can't. You can't mold a woman, but you really can't mold a man. And you can't, a man is never going to be, for women and for gay men, what you idealize in your mind. And that's particularly men who have a heterosexual or a heterosexual identified experience in life and a hyper-masculine identified experience in life. And what that means is like, you know, men have this thing, and this is queer, gay, straight, any kind of man. Men have this thing of, I'm willing to let you take care of me, but I'm the man. You know, because we exist in a patriarchy and in a patriarchy, men get their way. And the ultimate, the ultimate scam or, or hack of patriarchy is being able to maintain power while someone takes care of you, right? Someone is willing to house you, bathe you, feed you, fuck you do everything for you and still view you as the leader, the provider, the head of household, just simply because you have a penis. And as, as generations go on, I'll say that men have become more comfortable with being taken care of and not just taken care of financially. And I'll even phrase that as resting in their femininity and when I say that femininity in a western sense in the western world you know the housewife femininity is equated with being a housewife it's equated with being pampered taken care of um, financed supported whatever the case may be and as we get into generations going ahead men are resting in their femininity now the hypocrisy in that is that they want to rest in their femininity but they don't want women to rise in their masculinity and lean into their masculinity right they don't want the woman they want the woman to be the head of the household but they don't want her to have a voice in how she's treated They don't want her to defy abuse despite her being the breadwinner. You know, she should be 
you should still be able to slap her around and minimize her, but she also should take care of you. You know, whereas the men of my father, grandfather, previous generations, they were okay with being the domineering force and being the quote unquote leader or the head of household. And so there was a clear definitive line between those two. Whereas now you kind of have this mixture of, you know, men resting in their femininity. Um, and in the, even in even in the gay community, I think that you could say that the line between quote-unquote tops and quote-unquote bottoms has become a little bit blurred because, you know, the, the traditional masculine man who may seem like the quote-unquote top on the surface still wants to be taken care of. He doesn't want to pay for anything. He wants to fuck you and you also should pay for his companionship. You also should, you know... Anytime you guys go out, you should pay for everything. So that line has like gotten kind of blurred. I've gotten off topic, but I'm getting back to my point, I promise. So I say all that to say that um, when I made that snippet or that clip about uh, a relationship being a task or being labored, um, I feel like I kind of came off a little cynical. And I wasn't really being cynical, but I'm just being realistic. And in the whole idea of being a hopeless romantic, and why I say that that began to sound cheesy or corny to me, is because don't be don't be hopelessly looking for love, right? Don't be so desperate for love. And I feel like we live in a time where people are at their all-time most desperate for love and I can't be that person I can't be you know looking for every sexual partner to be my life partner you know sometimes sex is just fucking sex and sometimes you can have the most amazing fucking sex with someone but then I don't want to look at you 10 minutes later like I want to have sex with you and then you go home Like, I don't want to have sex with you. And then, like, your annoying views about a television show that I watch, I then have to listen to. Or a musical artist that I despise, you want to listen to constantly when I just wanted to have sex with you. And and so now we're conflicting those two worlds that we don't have to. And I think the idea of being a hopeless romantic is like... Well, I'm willing to compromise on things that I don't like because the sex is really good with this person. And I'm not there anymore. I I don't really think I ever was there. Um, Like, I've been willing to compromise on some shit, but there's some shit that I've never been able to compromise on and I never will be. But, um, you know, like, I... I think that um, in previous situationships, see, I'm back to my initial point. I told you I was going to get there. In in my previous situationships, and like I said, I wouldn't necessarily call them relationships. Even the one that I, even the ones that I considered relationships at the time. Now that I have a more mature and um, 
psychological grasp on them. They really were just situations that I was in. They weren't really relationships. And how I define relationship has evolved so much that, you know, they just were, there were points in my life that I needed companionship in a certain kind of way and ways that I didn't need it. And, you know, I kind of just got comfortable in it and complacent with it. And that's okay too, you know, as long as I got out of it, which I have. And I'm able to look back on it and say, what the fuck? But um, I was saying that there were three, there were really three situations that I experienced that I hold with me. Right. Like I've had a lot. I've I've dated a lot. I've fucked a lot. I've um, I've communicated a lot. And but I would say that there may be like three really close ones that I hold with me. And like even if I saw those people today, I think that I would I would still have a lot of respect for them. I would still I could still share a space with them. Um, I think that there was an amicable closure to our dealings with each other. Well, first, let me say, I don't, I I can't recall having any, like, I've never had a, like, knockdown, drag out, you know, horrible, horrific, just nasty ending to dealing with someone that I can recall. Like, the, the most that you're going to get with me is that I just we just never call each other again. We just never communicate ever again. And that's it. That's, that's nothing. But, you know, I, I can't really think of any, any, like, dealings that I've had with someone where it was just like, fuck you, kiss my ass, you did this, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I can't recall. Maybe I'll think of it during this. But, or hey, if you're listening and we did have that knockdown, drag out, dealing, closing with each other, let me know. Uh, but when I think of those three situations... I kind of look at them as, is it cliche to say stepping stones? I feel like that's such a like, I feel like that's such a like, um, generic cliche way of looking at them because they weren't stepping stones, but they just were, you know, situations that I can look back on now and take the good from them and analyze the bad and look at my contributions to the bad and what made them bad and, you know, not do that again, um, and, and do the self-reflection that is necessary to go forward, so, you know, like I said, in that little clip, I came off a little cynical, and I wasn't trying to, I'm just very realistic with, you know, where I am in my life, for one, um, what I can give to a relationship or a situationship right now, um, what I expect back, and and just you know the the potential for partnership with someone and what I would like to see a person show up as coming into my life um, because in being a hopeless romantic and thinking every sexual partner can be a life partner also comes with welcoming in the demons welcoming in the negative spirits, welcoming in, you know, the pessimism that come with some people. And when I feel like, you know, 
I'm a spiritual person. I won't say I'm, you know, heavily into like the crystals and, you know, uh, as Wayman and, and Low Down Dirty Shame says, I'm yours and yours is mine. I'm not really into, you know, that like hardcore spirituality, but I do look at spirituality in a way of like people that you let into your bed or that you share your bed with or you share like intimate spaces with you're also retrieving their negative energy their positive energy too but you're retrieving their negative energy and you're retrieving things from them baggage from them that they may not even know they have but you know in in their their negativity or their disrespect or their violence that they inflict on you they're not bringing that into your bedroom and they're bringing that into your personal space and you know an energy that wasn't there before is now like clouding your personal space and you know I witnessed some of that growing up in my household and that's not something that I ever want to do or I ever want to have in my life so when I say that I'm not a hopeless romantic, it's it's really about like the the necessity of having a partner or having a man or because that's what society kind of infringes upon us that you need to have that person in your life. And I don't need to have a person in my life, you know. If I never dated again, would it be kind of fucked up maybe, but would I lose sleep over it? Would I be miserable? with myself would I lose my self-esteem about it no I, I, I wouldn't and I can say that like I can say that wholeheartedly in the sense of like I don't I don't I don't need a relationship it would be great it would be you know it would be amazing I'm a Pisces so I'm I'm you know as as hard of an exterior as I present there's a, a soft gushiness under that exterior that's really like you know I have a soft spot for affection and intimacy and people and you know just I just do I, I can't shake that but I'm not a hopeless romantic and I'm not desperate for partnership so I just and I think there's a line, a fine line between the two. But um, onto the three, the three situations that I felt like inspired this conversation. Um, I would say one was probably the most recent, which hasn't really been recent because I haven't like dated or talked to anybody or like had a serious like commitment with somebody in I would say maybe three or four years maybe five years but definitely three or four years um and that's been by choice you know now that's not to say that I haven't had sex with anyone in three or four or five years uh that's not to say I haven't had intimate moments in three or four or five years but I I would say emotionally connected to someone it, it has been a long time um, now that's also been attributed to I've had a lot going on in my personal life in terms of establishing a career establishing um, 
my education, furthering my education, and, you know, getting to 40, because let's be honest, I'm 35, and I would like to have a kid either by or at 40. Um, I would like to own a home. (laughs) That's changed from by 40 to maybe at 40, right? Because I'm stuck in this phase of like wanting to live by coastal because I don't feel like I can really commit to living in one place, but that's another conversation for another time. But, um, you know, I want to have a child. I want to own a home and I want to just be financially comfortable by 40. And so that's my birthday's in March. I'll be 36. Um, that essentially gives me four years and some change to get there, which I'm optimistic about. Um, even if I, even if that encompasses adopting a child, you know, I've been exploring that lately and looking into that and I'm not necessarily opposed to it. Um, because I just think that, you know, and it kind of plays into the, the relationship aspect of it because, you know, I think that if more people, um, aim the affection that they want to have for a romantic partnership toward their children or toward, um, fostering a healthy environment for a child and helping that child become a, um, a, a properly functioning adult in society and an emotionally healthy adult, an emotionally healthy child, uh, I think that we would have a much better society. Um, and so, you know, the affection that I do have, you know, I do feel like ultimately that would be great to give to a child or children. And those that may not be, you know, my biological child, but I'm not opposed to that. So, you know, there are things that I've been working on and working on myself, you know, those things, but also working on myself internally and just being a better, more healthy version of myself and, um, and yeah, being, being prepared for the next four years, right? It's like a presidency. The next four years are very pivotal and, um, you know. I'm going to show up in the world at 40 because uh, for me 30 my 30s have been far more they've been less um, I've been outside less so to speak (laughs) they've been less um, party heavy and you know wild as my 20s but I feel like they've been so um, spiritually fulfilling and spiritually enriching than than my 20s were so I'm optimistic that my 40s will be even better than that and I feel like people in their 40s like hit this stride of just being very self-aware very confident very you know even when they don't have their shit together they're not going backwards to their 30s and their 20s and like trying to recreate that shit but they they know where they need to get to so I'm optimistic for my 40s but I say all that to say that um, I have I've taken some time off. I've I've kind of relieved myself of emotional commitment. But the last situation that I was in was with a guy uh, when I moved to 
Atlanta, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, well, I'll say I moved to Atlanta once in 2014, right? And I lived there for like a year and, um, I met him then and we kind of stayed in contact. And then I moved back to Atlanta again in 20, 20, 20, 19, 2020, one of the two, and I've been in Atlanta since, um, well, I moved back to, to California for a little bit, but we're back on track. Um, 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 what was I saying? Oh, so yeah, I met him, uh, I met him back in 2014 when I moved to Atlanta the first time, and we met, I think, probably a dating app, I will be honest, Probably, probably a jacked or a grinder. Um, it started off as being uh, a possible sexual thing, which it wasn't. It it didn't actually get there for a long time, but um, it actually started off as like going on a date and really enjoying each other's company, and it didn't even go there. Um, and then, you know, I stayed in Atlanta for that year. And that was kind of like that process, that that establishing intimacy process, right? Of like, first of all, I'm not going to move to Atlanta and just immediately jump into a relationship. That's that's stupid. I would, any, any gay black man, any queer black man, if you're younger than me and you're listening to me and you have the hope of moving to Atlanta one day, do not move to Atlanta and jump in a relationship with the first person that you meet. Don't do it. It's stupid. It's, it's nonsensical, it's not realistic, you're not going to be happy, and you're just mesmerized by being around so many black men. So, yeah, don't, don't sell yourself that dream, and don't, don't like, you know, don't, don't sell yourself the bullshit, basically. <laughs> um, and that, that idea that the first guy you meet who is like showing you you know, the masculinity that you haven't seen wherever you're from, that, you know, whatever, don't fall for it, basically, um, but I kind of fell for it, so I'm telling you from experience, don't fall for it, um, no, but, uh, I say that to say that I, you know, I still dated, I still did my thing, I still safely, 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 I still did my thing, um, and I kept that person, you know, as someone to actually kind of be my escape from all that, right? Because being from California, you are, you kind of grow up in this diverse, you know, melting pot, as as the Bay Area loves to say about itself, or used to love to say about itself this melting pot of just, you know, difference and, 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 you know, just diversity, basically. So, you know, moving to Atlanta was a culture shock, and it's going to be a culture shock if you are not from the South, if you specifically are from, I won't even say New York, because there are parts of New York, you know, that are just 
straight black and you do see blacks black ownership you know around you but being from california you don't see that at all you don't see black owned liquor stores you don't see black owned anything so that's why i said when you get to atlanta you're you're gonna have a lot of culture shock but um um yeah i got to know this person and he kind of became a outlet for me right like i could talk to him about other people that I was meeting and dealing with and he was it became more of a friendship and it became more of a um, you know we didn't have sex like I said for a really long time and it kind of just became like my friend to hang out with and show me around the city and um, go out with and just enjoy each other's company in a platonic way and so You know, I think in the back of our minds, there was that, like, that hope for us to maybe get there, you know, but he was slightly older than me, and he had lived in Atlanta much longer than me. He wasn't from Atlanta, but is anybody from Atlanta that lives in Atlanta? Uh, But, you know, he, he, he had got acclimated to the lifestyle in Atlanta far more than I had. And so, um, you know, he understood the, you know, the wet behind the earness that you, that you get when you first move to Atlanta and you are a non-heterosexual black male. You, you, you just are. And you're going to, as much as you might try to tell that person or tell yourself, oh, I really want to be committed to you, you're not. You're just not. So, um, you know, he was willing to accept that. And, and I appreciated that. You know, I appreciated the the space to uh, get to know myself in a different way, <laughs> get to know myself um, out of my comfort zone and away from my home and and all the things that I had grown up with. And so, I think that that was the first time that I really was like the expectation of sex wasn't there. And it was more so the, you know, a friendship that we hope leads to more. There's no rush to it to lead to, to lead to more. But we just kind of like, you know, when I need you, I can call you. When you need to talk, you can call me. Um, you know, and ultimately, he did be in a relationship with someone. And... You know, I felt a certain kind of way about that, but I also felt like he had given me the grace to establish myself out there and, you know, do what I wanted to do out there. And he had already been there for years, so I gave him the grace to do the same. Um, So then I moved back home to California. We stayed in contact. Um, You know, he kept trying to get me to move back, and I was just like, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't the full Atlanta experience that I wanted. And I say that because I lived super far out. Um, I didn't have a car. I didn't know anybody. I kind of like was renting where I was living like on a fluke. And so I was just like, and then I just was like, I was homesick from missing the weed, from missing my barber. And I was just like, I need to go back to California. So 
um, which happens if you're from California and you move to Georgia, I guarantee you after like the first three or four months, you're, you're going to want to go home. <laughs> you just are like, it, it's, it's hard. It's a process. And you're going to want to go back to California. California has definitely spoiled us in a way that it, it, it's, it, you're going to take a couple trips home. I'll say that you're going to take a couple trips home to like step out of the vortex, get back comfortable to your comfort zone and then go back, you know? So, uh, that happened. I came home. Um, I met someone. I, I actually met another person that is one of the three people in this <laughs> trifecta. Um, but you know, that, that happened for a little while, and that was, you know, uh, a windfall of emotion, that was, you know, someone who I just was, like, swept off of my feet by, in the sense of, like, they weren't from the Bay Area, and they had moved to the Bay Area, and so, this was someone new, and I was home, and I was like, okay, so, this is a cool person, and I'm getting to be where I'm comfortable, so, You know, that was a lot of, you know, just, I was just, I was swept up in that. But that, we'll get to that person in a second. But um, as far as the friend in Atlanta. So after like, um, I'll say maybe two years. That by that point, it was what, 2016, 2017. Um he came to visit me and he was like he was out of his relationship which was great because I've talked to people in relationships and I think that that's a bad energy it's a bad omen for you know if you think you're going to be with that person and they're going to be different because they left someone for you you're mistaken And and I don't say that in the sense of like how you lose them is how you get them karma type of thing but I say it in that that you're then confirming that behavior for them, right? You're rewarding that behavior and you're rewarding dishonesty and mistrust and, and lack of loyalty. You're, you're rewarding it by thinking that you're going to take a person from their relationship and they're genuinely going to just be committed to you. Um, so I was happy. He, he wasn't in he was no longer in a relationship. And so, you know, he came to California and it was a little bit different. It was a little bit different. And it was different in the sense of the friendship wasn't there as much as the the need for commitment. And it was almost like he felt like you know, I've invested three years of talking to you and friendship and I've come to see you and I feel like you should be giving me relationship like immediately. And I just, I, I, I felt that, you know, but I had just stopped talking to someone else and I wasn't like, I'm not the kind of person that can go from relationship to relationship to relationship. I'm not a serial monogamous. I, I can't do that. Like, I need a breather. I need like a, I need a six month breather of just 
being by myself. Now, at that time, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that about myself. But, you know, that's rooted in my only childness, you know, aloneness. Like, I need a I need a six-month breather of, like, not being with a person, not being in a relationship with a person. So, I wasn't ready to just jump back into another relationship. Granted, we knew each other. I was comfortable with him. I... We shared very intimate moments that weren't sexual, but they were intimate. Like, they were very, like, serious, passionate moments that weren't sexual. And so, you know, that's a good starting point for me um, in terms of getting there. But... um, It just, you know, it felt a little different. It felt like, you know, we weren't in the setting of Atlanta anymore. And that probably contributed to it because I feel like in Atlanta, he kind of had this um, big brother, big, big homie, like looking out for you kind of energy. Whereas now we were in, you know, the Bay Area and where I live and. It was a little bit different, and, and I was a little bit different, and I'm, I can be honest with that now, you know, I was a little bit more comfortable, I was a little bit more in control, I had, you know, stability, guaranteed stability that I didn't have in Atlanta, so, you know, maybe, in a way, he kind of felt like I used him for, you know, that, that stability that I had there, and I probably did it to some degree. You know, I think that I would have been dumb not to. I think that if you, and I don't say use, but I think that once you live in a different area and you make a friend who's been in that area, they should kind of be your, your backbone, your, your, you know, support system um, so that you're not completely alone. Like as much as I, I can function alone and I can do things alone, I also think it's important that, you know, when you, especially at that age, like, I don't know, I think I was maybe 26, 27. So at that, at that point, I needed to, um, I needed someone out there to have my back. But, um, yeah, he came to visit me and it was, it was different and I was different and, you know, I, that was fucked up when I look back on it because, you know, it was just kind of like, well, I don't know what to tell you type of thing, a kind of nonchalantness about me. And, you know, that's been something that has been a, a complaint in with partners throughout my dating life, you know, that I can be very nonchalant and not very, um, you know, if you tell me you want to break up with me, I'm not fighting for it. And I think that, you know, while that is healthy for me, I think it can be fucked up to someone else. And it can just send a, a vibe of like, you know, I've invested all this time in you and you just don't give a fuck. And I, that's not cool. And I've learned that about myself. And, you know, that's definitely something that I've needed to change. And... You know, in in not wanting a relationship to be a labor thing or fighting for it, you know, you also have to give a little to get a little. And 
I can't want affection. I can't want attention. I can't want these things from people. And I'm not even willing to like pretend to care if they don't want to fuck with me anymore. I can't, I can't even like fake, you know, that my feelings are hurt and you're telling me that you don't want to fuck with me anymore. And it's been years that we've been dealing with each other. So, you know, I've learned that about myself and I've learned that I need to change that. And, you know, for the next person, I I probably will be a little bit more invested and not so, you know, nonchalant. And that also is a defense mechanism, I feel like, you know, I, I don't it's not that I necessarily feel that way. But I think that it's part of my guardedness of not showing, not letting you see me sweat or not, um, not showing that you're affecting me. And, you know, that's, that's some of the toxic masculinity that, you know, I've been socialized into of like, you know, a man is not gonna, you know, the, the masculine, masculinity in me is not gonna let you see me sweat. It's not gonna let you see me get emotional. It's not gonna let you see me, you know, just show my hand. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I think that I did that to him. And I think that that really soured him on me. Um, and it really reminds me of, <laughs> uh, Laguna Beach. I don't know for all my Laguna Beach watchers. Remember in season two where Steven comes home and Kristen is just an asshole and just over it and, I don't give a fuck. You can go back to San Francisco and be with Lauren for all I care. You know, it was just, it was just kind of like, okay, I I don't really care. I have niggas if you want to be honest. So, and that was really fucked up. And I think that, you know, if I could do that over, I definitely wouldn't do that over. And I definitely wouldn't be, you know, it's not cute to be an asshole. And in your 20s, you think it's cute to be an asshole. And it's really not. It's, it's asinine especially to someone older than you because it just proves their point of like this is why I don't deal with younger people and even to even for myself now that I'm older um and and closer to his age like if I was to date someone younger and they were just like a nonchalant dick to me it would like you would have me fucked up like majorly fucked up so um yeah I fucked that up royally, (laughs) and, you know, we later, when I moved back to Atlanta, we, um, we reconnected, and, you know, I, I communicated that I was an asshole, and I communicated that I was fresh out of another situation, and, you know, maybe that was my defense mechanism of not wanting to get close to you in that way, and, and, and maybe not wanting to lose our friendship that we had established and our, you know, platonic intimacy that we had established because, you know, we had sex maybe a handful of times, but that wasn't the, that wasn't the, um, that wasn't the basis of the relationship, if, if that makes sense. Like, that wasn't, if we never had sex again, it would have been fine because there was, before that we had established like months and almost a year of you know friendship to get to that point so it was not like a big deal um 
and yeah, and I think once once I moved to Atlanta uh, this most recent time, which was like um, four years ago, when I first got here, it was it was um, it was positive. It was receptive. Um, he was accepting of that. We established a better communication system, um, and I think that it. You know, it it ended. I won't say it ended because it, it didn't really start. Like, um, but it it he found a partnership, and I wasn't willing to challenge that. And so, um, in that time since, I have been very supportive of that. Um, he's probably listening to this and. Um, you know, I am very supportive of that, and, uh, yeah, I, 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 um, um, yeah, I think we've gotten to a great place, and I think that, um, that he's someone that I would consider a friend, uh, that I would consider, um, You know, I had stopped saying um so damn much because in the first couple of recordings, I was saying um a lot and I was like annoying myself. And now this has me saying um my whole fucking lot. And I wasn't trying to say um, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think we 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 have we have established our our boundaries and we have established a friendship and a great communication and rapport with one another. And I'm happy for him in his relationship that he is in now. I think that he's with someone who works for him very well. Um, They live not far from me. So I like, you know, I plan to to bring a gift to the wedding if I'm invited. So (laughs) I am very happy for him. Um, He knows that. And yeah, I think that we have a great, um, <laughs> there goes that homeworn again. We have a great, a, a great, uh, place that we're in now and there's no ill will. And, you know, I've never, I've never communicated this, you know, in totality in story form. So if he is listening, you know, these were things that I felt and, um, I've communicated them to you or to him, and so yeah, he know, he knows that. But um, yeah, I think we're in a great place, and I think that I, I took from that that uh, you know I can't waste people's time, and I can't you know I can't just be a dick um, and think that someone's gonna still be affectionate to me. But it really that that person really showed me the importance of establishing friendship prior to uh, and establishing a great rapport and a great uh, a great sense of loyalty and, and platonic intimacy and um, and yeah and, and, I, and I needed that going forward like if, if I were to meet someone, I would love for us to, you know, that that goes back to that situation shipping for two two years. I feel like, you know, in that establishing 
the things we have in common, establishing a friendship that is, you know, can be the basis for what more comes from that. And so I'm very appreciative um, for what that added to my life at that time and has helped me get to where I am now uh, in terms of, you know, emotional intelligence. Now, the second person, which was intertwined into that first story of, if you caught that, of when I moved back to California, um, that person I met out at a club and, you know, we just kind of connected instantly. Um, it was just, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in love at first sight, but it was like, it was a good connection at first sight. Um, and it was, you know, a great physical connection at first sight. (laughs) Um, it was a great intimate connection at first sight. Uh, but that person, like I said, wasn't, wasn't from the Bay Area. So when I moved back from Atlanta, it was kind of like, there was this new wave of people living, living there that I had never seen before. And even when I look, um, on social media now, like there's like a, an influx of people living there that I've never seen before. So I'm just like, Oh, that's interesting. But I had never seen this person before. Maybe they, maybe they had lived there for a while. No, he, he didn't live there for a while actually. Um, but he was living there when I moved back home. And that was in like, what, 2016? Yeah, that was in like 2016. Um, and we just instantly hit it off. Like, I don't think, I think it might have been like the first or second time that I had been out since I had been back. Um, and yeah, I was just in a zone. I was fresh back from Atlanta. I was glad to be home. Um, glad to be around people I know and we just kind of hit it off like like instantly like it was just you know I have this thing about looking into people's eyes right and I feel like <laughs> when we can look into each other's eyes like on a dance floor or on a um you know just in a you know if we're at the same place and we lock eyes and it's just like there's that connection it's like an unspoken connection right and you just kind of just you're saying so much with your eyes where you're not saying a word at all and so I felt like we we really connected like instantly and I it was I was so he was so physically everything that I I looked look slash looked for in a person, you know, um, and I think that was a big part of it, and then he, he, you know, had his self and shit together, which was very attractive to me, because at that time, I, I, I quasi had my shit together, I'll say that, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't where I'm at now, <laughs> But I was doing, I was doing well for myself. I'll say that I was not, I've never, I've never been doing, you know, I I will say that since I've moved away from home, I've never, I've never been down bad. So, (laughs) but I wasn't doing as well as, as well as I'm doing now. I'll say that, 
And so that I was very impressed by that. Um, he was very different from me in terms of, um, how do I say this? Very different from me in terms of culturedness and our background. And um, I was very attracted to that. You know, it wasn't the the usual that I have that I had dealt with. Um, and I, I'm trying to I'm trying to find the words to put this, but it, it wasn't the same of what I had dealt with. I'll say that. And so it was it was I was impressed by that, and I, it was very different, and it was very um, it was a very chill vibe, and it was a very different vibe um and I just felt like you know I was into it I was like I could just look back at him like and just be like wow this is someone that I could I could see myself with whereas you know the the previous situation there was such a strong friendship first that I was like you know if that happens then it happens whereas with this it was very much like Oh my God! I need I I need to be in a relationship with this person. Like I'm so stimulated by them physically, sexually, um, personality-wise. You know, in hindsight, maybe that wasn't the most attractive thing. Um, maybe they weren't. Um, you know, maybe their personality was a little more off-putting than I wanted to believe it to be. Um, and that's not to say anything negative about him. I, I think he he had he has a great personality. I just think that maybe our personalities just don't like. You know, they don't they don't clash they they don't clash, but they don't um, they don't intermingle very well. I'll say, I'll say that. Um, and so, what I really learned from that situation was the, the concept of me really, really wanting this person and maybe them, maybe once we, once we climax too early that maybe there was nowhere to go but down from there. And so it kind of taught me to like not be so eager to be caught up in how someone looks or the things that they have or um, their background or you know not to be so immersed in that and like willing to um, negate all the other qualities about them that maybe aren't so um, endearing to you and um you know, I know you're probably like, well, damn, why is this one of the three? I'm not, I'm not able to find the words put into this because I found this situation to be very, um, very different. And I really, really liked this guy. And I thought that, and I, I still think like if somehow the universe aligned one day, right. And we just, were able to reflect on some things and like 
come to common ground with them, like, we probably could, could work out. Like, I would say he's someone that I would, I would raise a child with. Um, he's someone that, um, I could, you know, I could see us functioning in a, in a household together and both being contributed, contributing members of that household. Um, and, you know, he's very assertive, which I, I am very, 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 very attracted to. Um, so, you know, that, that's a little nugget there. If, if you are interested in me in some kind of way, assertiveness goes a long way with me. Um, and it was just, you know, he was very much willing to take the lead. And I like that. I'm attracted to that. Um, I've actually, the point that I'm at now, <laughs> I'm actually wanting that again. Like, I want someone who's willing to be assertive and who's willing to take the lead, who's very decisive about what he wants in life, what he wants in a partner, what he wants, what he wants, what he wants, what he wants. Now, not to the point of being anal to the point of like, if, if you deviate from what he wants, then, you know, it's trouble for you. But I like some decisiveness and I like, you know, um, I like someone who can balance out my, you know, Piscean. Pisces are very much floaters, right? We go, we float wherever the vibe is and we just kind of like, there's no destination. We're the fish, like we were we're literally the fish so we we just kind of like navigate through the waters and wherever there's a vibe there's a vibe and we're gonna chill there and we're gonna like swim at the party and you know we don't have anywhere to go we're just the, the ocean is endless so we're just gonna swim and chill where the fucking vibe is so i i i enjoy having balance to that um, and he was a Capricorn, which if you know anything about science, Capricorns are very decisive and very headstrong and very, um, you know, they know what they want. And I like that in a male partner. And I think that that, um, it helps me to be more level-headed and, and less dreamy as most Pisces, as Pisces are described. It helps me, it helps me focus more, um. And so I enjoy that. And I enjoy that about him. And I, I think that um, now he ended up moving and offered me the opportunity to move with him. But I wasn't, um, what am I trying to say? Like I wasn't, like I was, I was so strongly in lust with him that I don't, I don't think that I considered, um, what long-term partnership looked like, right, um, and when I say so strongly in lust, I mean, like, we were so physically attracted to each other, and so sexually attracted to each other, that I don't think we really gave room for anything else, and I think that, um, you know, like I said, we climax so early that, God, that's, there's a joke in there somewhere that I'm not going to say, but we climax so early that there was nowhere to go but down. And so, um, you know, by that time, by the time he moved away 
and wanted me to move with him, I I was just kind of like, well, I got comfortable with you here. Like, I got comfortable with our routine and our, like, our vibe. And, like, we're gonna, like, you know, we get to do this together. And we get to, like, we have a routine down. And, like, you're fucking that up. So, like, that kind of threw me off. And I was a little resentful towards that, probably. Um, and I think that I maybe took that out on him and, and, and was a little bit resistant to wanting to move with him and wanting to establish more with him because I felt like you're fucking up our vibe, you're fucking up our routine, you're fucking up our, you know, our little thing that we got going here and I'm enjoying it. Like, why are you doing this? And so, um, you know, and he also was very, um, friend oriented and that can, that can be a bit of a turnoff to me. I'm not going to lie. Like someone who is so immersed in their friends, it's hard for me to like get a grasp on. Now that's a personal, that's probably a personal thing for me because I don't have like, I don't call everyone my best friend, right? Like, I don't have 20 best friends. I don't have 10 best friends. Like, I have friends, but, you know, my world isn't centered around my friends. It's not centered around, like, you know, my friends are are contributing factors to my life, and we have relationships that, like, contribute to, like, we have very... I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, my friends are very important to me, and I'm very important to them, but our lives don't revolve around each other, if that makes sense. Like, and some people can function like that, and some people can't, and I'm just not a person who can function like that, right? Where where your friends are, you choose hanging out with your friends over me, or I have to show up and be a part of your friend group as opposed to them showing up and, like, meeting your partner, or, like, you know, they're, like, I don't know, I I can't explain it, but, excuse me, it's, um, it, it, it it can be off-putting to me when your friends are, like, when you center your friends, or you prioritize your friends over everything, and hanging out with them over everything, and, and that may work for you. And I, you know, I have to realize that that just doesn't work for me. And that's something else that, you know, that I took from that situation is like, if someone is very um, friend centered, like, you know, their, their priority and their commitment is to their friends. And it's not to, it's not to hanging out with me. It's not to, you know, establishing pouring time into me but they'd rather pour time into their friends but their friends don't pour time into them equally yeah yeah um but their friend (laughs) if you caught that you caught that um but you know they're they center their friends and 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 they pour a lot into their friends but when their friends get a get a man or get a woman or get a partner they're they're not centering you 
they're they're kind of pushing you to the side and so now I'm like left to um I'm left to now have the remnants of what 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 they can't prioritize right like you prioritize them over me but they're not willing to prioritize you over their over their dude or over their chick and so now I'm kind of left to um you know I'm left to hang out with you as like a, a, a consolation prize. And it's like, well, I've done that enough times now that I'm not going to be the consolation prize. <laughs> you know, uh, if they don't want to hang out with you on Saturday night because they're doing something with their partner. And so now you are free every Saturday night to like stay in and watch movies and TV with me. Uh, it's not going to work for me. Like, it's just not. It, it, you know, I, and, and that's an ego issue for me. I'm willing to be honest about that. It's a it's a big it's a big ego issue for me. Like you don't get to prioritize other people. And then now because you don't have shit to do, um, you're just going to stay in and hang out with me like that doesn't that that just doesn't work for me. It didn't work for me then. It doesn't work for me now. Like I, I'm not. I'm not your consolation prize. I'm not your babysitter. I'm not your, you know, uh, sorry, I'm not your buddy. Like I'm not, and I just, I can't be that. So, you know, that was, that was another thing of like, well, they had friends in the Bay area, right? But their friends weren't, they weren't as friend centered there. But then it was like, when I went to visit them once they moved back to, I'm not going to say where they moved back to, but you know, once I went to visit them there, it was, it was very all about their friends. And, and, and I just, I can't do that. But, um, you know, other than that, I think that he's an amazing guy. I think he's even more attractive today than he was then. Um, I can tell that life has done some humbling, you know, I'm not sure how, but life has definitely humbled him in some ways and, but it looks good on him. Um, and when I say that, I mean like, you know, the, 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 my shit don't stink kind of persona that I first met, uh, was very attractive to me and there, it's still there, but, um, you can tell that maybe life has done some humbling. Which, which which actually makes it even more attractive, right? Makes him even more attractive. And I think that, um, you know, he kind of had to stick up his butt a little bit when I first met him. There's a joke in there somewhere, too, that I'm not going to touch on. But uh, I think I think that stick has kind of fallen out now. And I think he's a little bit more um, down to earth. And, and, and that it looks great on him. I, I think he works better as being more down to earth and being more cool. And if he knows that I'm talking about him, I think it looks good on you. And I think that, um, you know, the person you are now, I think is so much better than the person then. And I was like head over heels attracted to you then or attracted to him then. And so I think that he's, you know, even more, he's an amazing person, like, we're still friendly, um, but, you know, it is what it is, and I'm, I, you know, he probably will 
will always kind of be friendly. Um, you know, whenever I go back to California, uh, we have kind of hung out. He lives in California for good now, so I, yeah, I mean, we're friendly, and I like that, and I appreciate that, and, you know, I was very, I was just very, the, the reason why this, this, this particular person in situation, it, it seems like I've maybe been a little hard on him, but, and, and, like, maybe I haven't been able to articulate the way that I was in the first story, but that's really because there was such an emotional, like, physical connection there. Like, I can't stress that enough. Like, so, I, um, you know, it's hard for me to put that into words. It's, it was just, it, I enjoyed that period in my life, I'll say that. And, you know, though there were some difficulties, there were difficulties that I was willing to work through. Um, as opposed to the first situation, right, where I was just kind of a nonchalant asshole. Um, I was still a nonchalant asshole here, but he was even more of a nonchalant asshole. So it, it was like, you know, we, that that worked together. Um, but um, I'm saying there's that damn mom again. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah. I just, I can't really put, I can't really put this one into, uh, as good a words as the first one. And it's, it's not because I'm being shady or negative or like anything like that, but it's really because, um, my heart was really into, into this person and really like, yeah, I just thought he was the bee's knees and, and just a cool ass dude. And, um, I love the person that he's become now. And like I said, if, if somehow one day we like, you know, the stars aligned and we were different people and, um, you know, could, could the mega powers unite, you know, if, uh, if that happened, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. And, and I, you know, I maybe have not necessarily been as forthcoming with how I feel about him as I've been in this, um, which even still, <laughs> I wasn't that forthcoming in this, and that's just because I couldn't find the words. But, uh, you know, maybe we'll be a little bit more forthcoming with each other in our feelings with one another. Um, because even our interactions, well, the last time I spoke with him, I felt like it was very... Um, you know, it was, it was very nice and it was very, there was a little bit there and the, you know, the little tug at my heartstrings was, was like, okay, you know, I'm glad that I met you. I'm glad that you're still somewhat of a factor in my life. Um, and yeah. And then the third and final situation. Oh, wow. Well, that, th- this one's a doozy, I guess, because it's probably been the most long-standing, um, it's been the most long-standing situationship, I would say, uh, as someone that I met when I was 24, 25, maybe 24, 25, and I'm 35, about to be 36, 
Um, you know, it was. It, it's been an interesting ride, and it's been a. Gr- it's been a. It's. How do I say? It's been wow. I've been talking for an hour and thirty-one minutes. Holy shit! I'm gonna have to edit this. But um, it's been. But um, yeah. This this um, this person, like I said, it's it's the it's the longest standing. And when I say longest stand longest standing, it's because we've had a very um, tumultuous, I guess, would be a, a great word. Um, you know, we we kind of dived right into it, um, and and. It was a little bit of both the previous, both the previous people, like situations. It was a mixture of both of them, where we became really good friends and really good lovers, um, and just really, um, I will say that it was the most, it was the most that I negatively contributed to, you know, which is probably maybe why I have um, stepped away from dating and and found that to be very healthy because I think that when you're able to look at yourself and you realize that you are hurting someone or you're contributing um, the worst aspects of yourself to a relationship it's not healthy and it's not and not only is it not healthy for them, but it's not healthy for you because you're you're consistently in a space of negativity and just radiating negative energy. And I I just I don't like being in that place. But on the flip side of that, I found this person to be, you know, I've had some of the most spontaneous moments with um, some of the most electrifying moments with oh I think that we've had um a lot of great times (laughs) a lot of a lot of negative times well you know what that's a lie I will say that we had two very strong negative times they were just they were strongly negative and I and when I say negative I don't mean um like fighting or violent with each other but I just you know it was a very like you hurt me I hurt you type of thing and I just it's so just it's not a place that I want to get back to and I don't like being in that place but I would definitely say the goods outweigh the bads the bads were just like very strong bads and so um you know in hindsight um you know we've 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 stayed in each other's lives for a very long time and I feel like you know even when we don't talk for like a long time we're still friendly with I won't say friendly we're friends with each other I can be honest about that he's probably listening to this and and that's okay um, we've had this conversation. We've had many, 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 many conversations. And so I don't think that I'm saying anything out of turn. I don't think I'm saying anything disrespectful. I think I'm, um, I think my transparency here, 
uh, is understood. And I would hope that he did the same. And, you know, I hope that, you know, nothing is taken at offense because it's not. And we're friendly and we know that. And, yeah, I mean, we have a rapport. You know, this goes to the rapport that you have with someone and why that's really important to me. Um, one thing I can say in like every relationship or every situation that I have, I have a great rapport with people. And when I say that, I mean like, yeah, I have my moments where I'm like in my mood and like, you know, I can be withdrawn sometimes, but I'm, I'm a silly motherfucker. Like, like I feel like I'm a, I'm the kind of person that you can be really just off the wall silly with like I just I don't know I, I I'm a fun time and like I think that that's a big misconception about me is that maybe I take myself a little more seriously than um than I actually do because I really don't um and again maybe this process will be helping to shed that that um that that presumption about me because yeah I I you know I can say that in in all the relationships and all the situationships that I look back on I've always had a great rapport with people and I've always like you know I I like to bring out the humor in people and I like to foster a very funny environment and I like to um I think that there are dating me there are way more laughs than there are cries like you know we might have like one or two I'm not an argumentative person let me just say that like I'm not our arguments are not going to consist of shouting matches I I withdraw you know like I'm not um and I've always been that way I'm just I'm not, I'm not an argumentative person like I'm just you know, I was a, I was the kind of kid that I didn't even get whooped as a kid. Like, I just, I was the kind of kid that all you had to do was, like, yell at and, like, go bad on me. And I, that was enough for me to, like, withdraw and my feelings to be hurt. Like, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm just not an argumentative, confrontational. Now, I can be if someone is, like... You know, someone I don't know and they're disrespecting me in public, like, or not in public, but they're just disrespecting me and and they're being violent towards me or volatile towards me or, like, talking shit to me. Like, yeah, I can be very fucking disrespectful in that case. Like, if we want to be, I can be. But I would say that that's a 90 to 10% rate, not even a 10% ratio. I would say a 95 to 5% ratio. I can count on one hand the number of confrontations that I've had in my life. I just, I don't feel like I radiate that kind of energy. I don't feel like I, you know, I just don't. Like in, in a relationship, I really don't. Like that's why I'm just, that's what I was saying earlier about like, um, a relationship being labor to me, like that's it's it's not supposed to be that way to me, and it's not going to be that way for me. Like in a relationship, I I really care about you. I really I care about your emotions. I care about your feelings. Now, this person that I'm gonna get you, there were instances where, yeah, I was I did say fuck your feelings, and I just I didn't care about his feelings, and 
and you know that was fucked up but I didn't I, there, I, it was in response to me feeling like he didn't care about mine and so that you know I kind of have the motto of, of um, matching energies which is very toxic but we'll get to that um, but yeah I'm not in a relationship I really care about you and I, I wouldn't be with you if I didn't care about you and I don't you know, I don't want to make you, I, I, my goal isn't to make you angry. My goal isn't to make you cry. My goal isn't to piss you off. Like, I'm just not that kind of person. Now, there we're, there are going to be moments where we have disagreements because, you know, I, flat, honest, I, I can be a moody motherfucker too. Like, you know, and there are times when I don't want to be bothered and I'm like very reserved and you bothering me gets on my nerves I'm I'm an only child and I can't help that and I'm a mama's boy so you know I'm a little bit spoiled in that degree um so yeah when I don't get my way sometimes or I want to be by myself sometimes and you intrude on that then yeah I, I I'm not gonna be the most receptive but that's a very very small ratio and I think that you could ask anyone that I've ever dated you could ask my friends I'm it's very rare that I am argumentative like especially with my friends and my intimate partners I I just I can count them I can count on one hand the confrontations I've had with people like I said but getting to this story um or getting to this person this this interaction this relationship I would consider this a relationship unlike the other two and the last one the last one was a little bit of a relationship it just it was more of a a physical sexual uh romantic relationship whereas this one was a little bit of both and and i say you know what i i I, i'm gonna reclassify that actually and i'm gonna say that this one was more it's just i can't describe this one because it's been so long and we have been so up and down topsy-turvy um in and out of each other's lives it's it's a combination of a friendship a situationship and a relationship right um and so when I say that I think it's because um our first interaction was meeting on the street now unlike the other two it was just like um, we weren't in the setting of where, like, we weren't in a club. We didn't meet on an app. We didn't. We weren't in the setting where this would ever happen. Like, and it's, you know, I have had instances where I've uh, guys have approached me or I've I've, I've approached them. Um, actually, no, I, I I just told a lie. No, there hasn't been a situation. Well, I, there has. I've approached people, but in the right settings, like not just dry on the street right or dry fucking just somewhere but um you know we met we met in we met in a normal setting and so you know I felt like that was a great I hope I'm not getting too far from the microphone I felt like that was a great starting point because it showed that assertiveness again and like I said assertiveness goes a long way with me um, and it was just very a display of wanting me 
and I I like to be wanted. I'm not gonna lie. I um I don't like to be needed. There's a difference. I like to be wanted though. Um, I find that to be very sexy, and I find it to be very um, engaging. So you know, like I said, assertiveness assertiveness is the key to me, um, and and not infringing yourself upon me, but just taking that step forward and um, you know communicating communicating your attraction to me. I I like that a lot. And he communicated his attraction to me. And, um, you know, we just kind of, we hit it off. Um, we have very similar, you know, I, I like to think that I'm a vibe regardless. Like, and when I say that, I'm not like, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm not trying to, you know, big myself up too much. But I just, I think that I'm a vibe, and I think that my vibe is very like, you know, you just want to chill with me, and you just want to talk to me and get to know me, and I'm I'm the same way, which is probably why I'm going into the therapy field, and you know, why that is where I need to be, because I'm great at like, I'm a great listener, I'm an exceptional listener, I'm a better listener than I am communicator probably um but I like to I like to engage people I like to learn about people I'm fascinated by how a person you know I like to look at a baby picture and and understand how a person got from there not a baby picture but like a a first grade picture right and see how a person analyze how a person got from there to where they are now which reminds me I really want to go watch Tyler Perry's uh, documentary after this but I, I like to you know I'm an observant person I'm a I'm a people watcher I like to learn about people I just do like I like for people to share things about themselves and I just like to you know I like to I just like to understand you know, how people became the people they are today and all the contributing factors to that. So when I say I'm a vibe, I mean that I'm a vibe of like, I foster an environment where you can be, excuse me, where you can be vulnerable and you can be transparent and you know that I'm not going to weaponize it against you. And in fact, I'm actually going to embrace it and I'm going to You know, if you tell me certain things, like one thing I noticed that men love to do with women in relationships is they like to weaponize the intimate. I mean, women do this to men, too. Let me not say that women do this to men, too, where a man divulges something to you as a very vulnerable, um, intimate thing. And then when you guys get into an argument, you want that's the first thing you weaponize against him you know if a man discusses his horrible relationship with his mother then that's the first thing you go to to attack on him and 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 beat him over the head with so you know I I noticed that a lot in heterosexual relationships of like or a woman telling you she was raped and then now you use that against her or uh, telling you someone molested her as a child and you use that as provocation to call her a whore or something like that. Like, 
you know, I, I've noticed that heterosexual people have that really bad, and they love to weaponize each other's deepest, darkest secrets against one another. Don't get it twisted. Uh, gay people love to do that too. Uh, I wish I had insert uh, soundbite of "I'm ready for the health reads." Insert that uh, that soundbite. But um, yeah, I think that I'm the opposite of that. I don't think you'll never hear me like weaponize someone's deep dark personal secret against them i just that's lame that's corny that's whack um all the things that i could say about you i could pull them off the top of my head and i don't need to you know go so low as to pulling your deepest darkest secret against you that's whack and i if you're listening to this and anything that you take from this long ass podcast of me talking take that don't do that to people it's it's stupid it's childish and it's actually going to make you look like an asshole and the damage that you not only do to that person but you do to your own like reputation and your own conscience is so not worth it like just to say the most evil vile things about somebody it's lame don't do it anyway uh you know this person i would say I had some really great moments with and I think that you know when it's all said and done I don't think that I don't I don't think that um let me say I I was very wrong in my in my interaction with this person I think that I was very shallow I think that I was very um I didn't play the long game and as much as I say that I used to be a person who you know can see the potential in somebody and the what they can be I will say this was one instance where I I got that wrong well no you know what I won't because like I said he was a very a very assertive person a leader an alpha a straightforward man and I'd seen those qualities in him from the moment that we first met so I won't say that But I will say that uh, what he has become today, I'm very proud of him. Um, I've told him that. I think that we have that kind of relationship where I can be honest with him about that. I think he's made a great evolution into the person he is today. And that's not just like professionally, but physically too. I think he looks really, 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 really good today and I'm very happy for that and you know um, but uh, (laughs) um, yeah I I think he looks great today I think he uh, is probably the best he's ever been today and I'm very happy for him for that um and he's said to me that I've I was a contributing factor to that I appreciate it I don't I don't necessarily know if that's true I don't think that I have that much merit in someone's evolution but if if I do but then hey I'm (laughs) I'm glad that I can help but I think he's evolved greatly um you know, this just, 
this took a lot out of me in the sense of like I gave a lot emotionally I gave a lot physically um and it was a long you know it's been a long process I've known him for like I said probably 10 11 maybe 12 years at this point um and we've seen each other through ups and downs. We've been we've been there for each other through ups and downs. Um, you know, I feel like if if something happened right now and I really needed him to help me, he would. Um, and vice versa. I, I you know I, I have no qualms about being there for him and being a friend with him. And this is one instance where I do believe in the saying of. You have to go through shit to really gain respect for someone. Um, and I think the level of respect that I have for him is immense. And um, I don't even think he is aware of the level of respect I have for him. And the level of... Um, sorry. I'm not crying, I promise. <laughs> I had to drink some tea. My throat was like drying up, but... Uh, I don't think that he understands the um, the immense amount of respect I have for him and just the person that he is um, and his contributions to my life and being a positive force in my life. Um, you know, I think that we had some very... We had some great moments together and I what I appreciated about this situation is that we were able to be we initially weren't able to be so honest with each other that's you know I'm gonna be honest we weren't and we were very much that sneaky like trying to sneak around and like you know play the game and our egos and personas were clashing and you know I think that there came a point where we just like just had to put that away and the egos clashing you know is unnecessary again if you're I think if you're gonna be in a relationship with somebody this is why I never understand how people go on reality shows and break up because I feel like there's that moment when you lay in bed with somebody and you guys it should be you against the world right There should never be a moment where you turn on the person next to you for the world. It should always be you and that person against the world. And I think initially we were very, our egos were very combative and were just kind of like, well, if you did this to me, I'm going to do this to you and I'm going to do this to you and I'm going to do this to you and I'm going to do this to you. And it just, it found that we were like chipping away each other unnecessarily. And it's like, there's a level of toxic to that that I guess you somewhat enjoy but after a while it becomes exhausting and you just want to like you want to hold that person or you want them to hold you and you just want to like you know I want to lay the burden of being combative with you down because it's it's fucking exhausting it's fucking stupid and it's not worth it and so you know I think once we got past that we had a great like rapport and relationship with each other you know and then he met people and I met people and we drifted apart and then you know 
one of us lost those that person and the other one lost that person and well you know this is an instance where I'll say that this didn't work because we both had people and we cheated on those people to, to, with each other and you know there was um there was a lot of uh, I don't know how to describe it but there was a lot of just um uncontrollable intimacy you know uh even with that even with our respective partners we you know we gravitated towards each other and it's one of a handful of not even a handful of times that I've I've been the first to cheat and I've cheated on someone and you know it was like uncontrollable and I just you know I was so this this was such a like I said a mixture of friendship uh, relationship and situationship there was such an immense amount of lust between us I feel like that uh you know, we were willing. To, we were willing to disregard those those relationships, and and um, and yeah, and to satisfy each other. <laughs> and you know, I'm not proud of that. I'm not proud of. I'm not proud of cheating on anybody. You know, the the. I know that men, specifically black men, take pride in in their cheating, and it's you know, it's a. It's a sign of masculinity, and it's a, it's a great attribute to have to be able to cheat. Like it's an accomplishment. Uh, for me, it's actually a failure, and I feel you know, at the time I didn't necessarily feel guilty about it because it was with someone who I you know maybe possibly preferred being with. But I think it's it's a failure. I think that cheating is a failure. I think it's it's lame it's a lame excuse for men to not be accountable and to not be able to hold any source sort of commitment like you're just you just can't help but to think with your dick and I think that that's what that's what this was you know I thought with my dick a lot and thinking with your dick always ends up hurting someone else's heart and you know that's not to say you're stabbing them in the heart with your dick but it's just I don't know if anything really good comes out of thinking with your dick all the times that I've not used my brain and I've used my dick I've either hurt someone else's feelings or got my own feelings hurt and this was you know one of those instances where I cheated on someone and I felt really guilty about it and I felt really fucked up about it and you know now, one thing I will say is I'm never going to be the person to be like, oh, by the way, I cheated on you. I'm not going to be that person. I'm <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just not. Like, I don't... <laughs> My conscience isn't guilty enough to do that. Now, if you ask me and, you know, and, and you tell me that you have a deep concern that I have, I will be honest with you. But as far as, like, you know, just coming out like oh by the way I cheated on you uh, I'm not doing that <laughs> I'm sorry I'm not and I didn't do it then and I probably wouldn't do it now but I, I you know I feel fucked up that I did do it and I feel like it was just 
as opposed to telling that person that there was someone I was still emotionally tied to that, um, you know, I should step away from this situation and be a man about it and, and, um, work out whatever me and this person have, but we both are in relationships and we both were consensually cheating and, you know, it was whack on both of our parts because even if we were, even if, even if we desire to really be with each other, why cheat on those other two people? Why, why, um, you know, why, why open the door for so much more? And I mean, that includes disease, that includes heartbreak, you know, like why open the door for that instead of just being honest? And, um, you know, I think we both could have handled that better and we didn't. Um, and then we found our way back to each other (laughs) after those relationships. I mean, we respectfully walked away from them and we didn't walk away from them for each other, but we ended up finding our way back to each other and you know it was just it was the same there was a there was that spark just there right like over the years the spark is just there you know I there there's something about our communication that is just you know we're we're very much drawn to each other and so I um I would say, well, we were drawn to each other. I don't want to say that now because I think that he may have a person or he may be um, emotionally unavailable. So I don't want to be disrespectful in that sense. Um, So I will say that, you know, we had a very uh, uh, large spark to one another and attraction to one another. because, like I said, we are, we, I would consider him a friend now, and I, and I do know that I'm thinking about some things, I, I want to be respectful of him, and, um, I want to be respectful of him, and I want to be respectful of whatever he may be dealing with right now, so I say all that to say, because I've been talking too long, I've been talking for almost two hours, right, uh, I just say all that to say that, you know, we, we went through hell, we, we came, we, we got back right, we, you know, had some ups and downs, and I can say today that, you know, we're not, we're, we're not on that, we're not where we once were, but we're in a great place, and the moral of all these stories was that I've learned something from them, um, they've contributed to my perception of relationships today and what I want from someone and what I want to give to someone and you know how as a man as a black man I perform intimacy and how I show up for another person uh, whether that's a male a female whatever um and you know that's another discussion we'll also have like where do women fit into my life if they fit in at all like you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've dealt with men so long that maybe one day there could be some difference, but we'll stick to the topics at hand and the topics at hand are about three different relationships, men, situationships I have dealt with. I've been involved with, um, I have never told any of these stories publicly. 
Um, so I've never, I've never told anything about my love life, my sex life, my, my entanglements, anything. I've never shared them really publicly. Like some of this stuff I probably have never told my close friends. Like I've only shared it with the people that I've been, that, I, that I'm speaking of. And that's just the kind of person that I am, you know, what we do and what we talk about and how we interact and the um, relationships and rapport that we establish with each other. I'm a very private person, so I like to keep that between us. Um, But I'm 35. I'm single. I'm not dating anyone. I'm free. These people are two of them are in relationships and one of them I am sure is living his best free fucking life so you know I I think that I'm allowed to share them now I'm not saying anybody's name I'm not even telling you anything about them like things have even maybe been shifted so they don't even know that I'm talking about them but um, if you do know I'm talking about you then don't be mad Uh, but you know I say all that to say that um, I'm moving forward. I'm not cynical about love. I don't want you to think if you like me and you know you hear you heard that little snippet that I did before that I'm like anti-love or anti-relationship. I'm totally not. I'm open to dating. I'm open to uh, friendship, situationship, maybe relationship. You know, but these are the foundation and blocks of like getting there because there are foundation and blocks of getting there uh, for me I can't be in a relationship on day one I can't be you know and if we know what our relationship is if we know it's strictly sexual let's keep it strictly sexual if we know that we enjoy the same show and just laying together watching tv and it's not necessarily a sexual thing but it's just a uh, uh, platonic intimacy let's keep it there if it's a you know dating and we just like going on dates together and having sex together and you know all that together then then let's build upon that but I like to compartmentalize uh, my relationships with people and you know creating boundaries 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 are really important to me So, um, yeah, if you made it through this entire fucking podcast of two hours and six minutes, you are amazing. I appreciate you for listening because I'm not, I'm, I don't think I'm going to edit anything because I thought I was pretty fluid in everything I said. So, uh, yeah, if you made it to the end of this, thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, I might do something else or maybe I might break this into no, I'm not, because I can't think of any part of this. I have to see. I have to see where the one-hour part is. So maybe I'll break this down into a one and two-parter, because it was. It's really long, and I don't think. I don't think you're gonna listen to this. And I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I underestimate myself. So people who listen to the, the people who have been listening to me have been giving me great feedback. So I'm gonna stop being negative. I'm gonna say thank you. I appreciate you for listening. And until the next episode, peace.